Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. Up next is a sermon from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. Messages can also be downloaded at GrenadaChurch.com. Now, on to the sermon. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much, Father. No, we live in the midst of evil times. You're still a great God, full of love, grace, and mercy. Lord, we're surrounded by such grace, love, and mercy. And we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Lord, that are cheering us on almost, Lord, to say the, the finish line is, is straight ahead. And Father, I pray as we break the bread of life this morning, God, you'll show us in our heart the things that need to be changed. Maybe somebody is not saved that will hear this message and Maybe they'll make that decision for Christ today. We ask he sings in that wonderful name of Jesus, and we say amen. One day a man took his little son to the top of a really high mountain, and he pointed in every direction, north, south, east, and west. And he said, my boy, God's love is big as all that you see. And the little boy replied, and isn't it amazing? We're right in the middle of all of it. Amen. <laughs> And I feel that way in my walk with God, that I'm all right in the middle of it. And despite maybe things happening bad in our lives, we still serve a great God. And he's working all things together for our good. Oh, yes, God is a great God and and his great love. And we are right in the middle of it. But here's the problem in the world today. Men believe in a little God and a big humanity. Man is trying to take the place of God. Man thinks with all the technological advances that we've had in the world that somehow he's outgrowing God. And some go so far as to say God is just simply a fairy tale. In in North Korea, you may or may not know this, the leader there, the Kim Jong-un, I think I'm saying his name right, he, uh, his whole family has worshiped his deity. You'll see pictures where the North Koreans are actually bowing down to statues. Uh, I've been, for some reason, I've had some books I bought in the past and I've been studying a lot about Hitler and their reign of terror they had over Germany and he was actually worshiped his deity. There was a lot of mysticism involved in that reign of terror, that, that Third Reich. And the, the list goes on. And yes, man is glorified and God is forgotten in this world. But my friends, God's not going to be left out. They have no choice. You know, that verse that we've heard at all our life as Christians is, every knee shall bow at that name. And do you know that means even the people that are in hell, even the people that are in hell will bow the knee to Jesus Christ because it says every knee, every knee shall bow. God will make himself known and felt in this world, despite what the world thinks about him. He is still sovereign, meaning he is over all of the universe around us. And this sermon is titled All Things, and there's four places in the Bible, and I really, off the top of my head, I can't remember if this is inclusive, just four places, but I recognize four places in the Bible that it talks about all things in speaking of God. John 1 and 3 said all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And this is speaking of Jesus Christ, that part of the Godhead. Man can do some wonderful things. Don't get me wrong. We, we've we said 
rovers, you think about this. We have taken these little vehicles that can go and march around Mars and take pictures. We sent two of those. They have outlasted way beyond their wildest dreams and they've studied Mars. Uh, we've been to the moon. We, one that was absolutely mind blowing. In fact, I think maybe about two weeks ago it finished. They launched a rocket to a meteorite, landed on it, took a sample and brought it back to Earth. And now they're looking at it. Common Core can't do that. Amen. That takes some knowledge. That takes people knowing math. That is just to me. It's simply amazing that we can do those things. Most all of us today have a microcomputer in our hands. You could take your phone out. You can look up a live. I've been watching guys, a live cams, what's going on over there. You can pull it up and watch it as time unfolds before you. Uh, I remember Star Trek as a kid. Yes, I watched Star Trek with Captain Kirk. Uh, none of y'all did. I know all y'all holy people never watched any of that. But they had these big boxes, communicators. And I remember me and my brother saying, boy, wouldn't that be something if one day we might see, we'll probably never see it, but boy, we could pick up somebody and call somebody halfway across the world. You know, you could pick up your phone today. You could call somebody right now in India. No problem. You could have, you could even have a live video chat. You could be on a plane today. Headed for England and be there before tomorrow. So mankind benefits from materials that are already here. And he's did a spectacular job with it, but corruption is entered. You know, the Lord, though, did something completely amazing. If you notice, I said all things were made by him. Man always has to start with something. He has to get this material and he has to work, but not God. God stepped out in the portals of glory. He stepped out into the darkness. He stepped out where there was nothing. And he said, I would like to have some light and light become. He spoke and land rose up. Uh, the sun gave warmth. He spoke and the moon and the stars began to shine. He spoke and the rivers flowed. He spoke and the ocean tides started its rhythm. He spoke and animals were across the earth. He even picked up dust out of the earth and created mankind. So when God says all things were made by him, he means all things. What a mighty creator we serve. When you start understanding all things were created by him, you start understanding his majesty and just how much God is in control. Amen. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. God made all things good. Even mankind, he made good. He created them perfect. And then when sin entered and man had disobeyed, the corruption entered the human race. But about 2,000 years ago, God built a ladder. In that ladder, a person can now climb out of darkness and disobedience and into a marvelous light. And that ladder is Jesus Christ. And that climb is a radical change up that ladder. Amen. And it's, it, you don't, when you take a ladder, if I said, and I know all well about ladders, 
Y'all get it. Y'all locals will get it from me breaking my wrist. I know all about last thing Anthony laughing back there. I would too. And a ladder, you don't go up to the top immediately. You got to climb one rung at a time. You got to be careful so you don't slip off along the way. This climb is a radical change in Jesus Christ. It's a new life. We are no longer called to live on that low level of sin. Amen. God has not called us to live down in the sewer of life. Amen. He's called us to come up to a new life, no longer living down there where we shouldn't be. The famous nurse, some of you may remember, Florence Nightingale, asked a doctor one time, she said, how do you treat pneumonia? And the doctor said, we don't treat pneumonia, we treat the patient. Amen. See, a lot of the church world has got this confused with the message of the cross. We preach Christ and Him crucified for a reason because it doesn't deal with the sin. Well, it does. Let me explain. We don't, we don't try to deal with alcoholism like the world. The world will say, well, you need to think this way. You need to have a positive attitude. They even say you need to keep a couple of coins in your pocket. If you start feeling addicted, you rub that coin. It'll remind you of the oath you made. That's not how Jesus Christ worked. Jesus Christ necessarily doesn't deal with the drugs, the alcohol, the filthy mouth, the bad lifestyle. He deals with you. He changes your heart. He changes your thought process. And then all that garbage you needed out of your life, he starts taking out. Amen? I don't want to go to the same places anymore. I don't want to drink those things I used to. I don't want to smoke those things I used to smoke. It's a new life. The world is full of a disease called sin, but Jesus does not treat the sin. He treats the patient. Amen? And he makes the man over and gives him a new life. If you have not experienced a new life since you thought you come to Jesus Christ, you're not saved. Amen? I don't mean to be unkind, and I'm not saying that any of us in this church are perfect. I'm not saying Christians are perfect. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but I'm on a new path. Amen? I'm on a new journey. I'm on a journey with Jesus Christ that doesn't go through this world and get pick up all the things of this world. I leave this world behind. I'm trying trying to carry some people with me. I'm trying to make heaven my home. Amen. It's a new loyalty. When you're in the world, you got your loyal to Budweiser. You're loyal to Crown Royal. You're loyal to the things of this world and even things that are not inherently bad. You might put football above the things of God. We might put activities we do with our children above the Lord. And, you know, there's one day a week God has called us to be in his house. Sunday morning. I I, I get tired of hearing this garbage. They're trying to make light of we shouldn't be in church. The Bible says this is the Lord's day. Amen. And it's supposed to be treated special. Why? Because we're a peculiar people with an awesome God that is alive and well. And I think it's our duty, amen, to take a few hours out of our life and come join other Christians in the house of God. 
I think it's our duty to support the work of God. Why? Because somebody along the way in their life brought together a church so you could be here and you could get saved and you could hear the word of God. Amen. And it's our job to pick up that mantle and go forward. Amen. Preaching the gospel. It's a loyalty. My feet run to Jesus Christ, not the local bar. One thing, if, if we could say anything good, come out of COVID and I'll say it. Half these bars shut down. If Red Monkey Liquor would have went to, I wouldn't have cried a tear. What a name, Red Monkey Liquor. It's new desires. My ambitions change. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. We, we, we're blessed here at the church and sometimes I have to go out in the world. If I get something, I need something extra. We have to go work for it. I, well, I broke my wrist. I was out putting cameras in, trying to make a little extra money. I have ambitions to see my family do well. You should. You're a man. You're a woman. You ought to want to see your family thrive. There's nothing wrong with that. I hope we may have some in here. I don't know, but I hope church is full of millionaires. We're going to have some tithing sessions. Y'all never, we get a little laughter there. Not much. You like get a frowny face like, what are you talking about? That I, but you should have ambitions, but my longing for money and dying, it, it dies with the old man. You start more and more every day in this walk. You figure out what's important and money changes people. Power changes people. Just look up in Washington, D.C. My friends, when you come to Jesus Christ, it's new desires. The new man wants to hear Jesus say, good job, my faithful servant. You know, I, if, if on this earth I get, if I walk out there today, get in that truck, me and my wife got run over by somebody on its cell phone that killed us, which is a strong possibility in this world this day. Don't cry for me. Rejoice. Hey, when me and my wife ain't around, you tell him, Brother Wilson said, close his casket. He didn't want none of y'all staring at him, but get somebody in there that can preach. Don't cry over me. I've made heaven my home, and that's my new ambition. That's my new life. I, out of anything I want in my lifetime is when I leave here and in my eternal life, I want to hear those words, good job, my faithful servant. I don't want to hear those words, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. And cast out into the outer darkness where there's much weeping and gnashing of the teeth. I have new desires. Romans 8 and 28. Back to where we started from. And we know that all things work together for good. Watch. To them that love God. Oh, how many times we heard that part left out. God works all things together for good. That's true. But it ain't for everybody. It's to those that love God. One of the great promises of the Bible, and so many people do not believe it. So many. I've seen people with, that I, I know they love God, but it seems like sometimes their faith, the least little problem comes along, or maybe a major problem, it kicks their legs out from up under them, their spiritual walk is destroyed. They don't think God is behind every single detail in their life. Working it all for the good. And I believe that. I believe even in the bad times, God is there and he knows exactly what happened. And I can tell you this, and I know many of you know this, but I want to say it again. I learn more in the valleys than I do on the mountaintops. 
I learn how to trust Him more when I'm by, my body's racked with pain. I learn to trust Him more when everybody hates me but my wife. No, I said, my wife's always been there with me. We were almost at 30 years. No, I had a pastor who was going through minister program and he looked at me. He said, you know who the most important person in your life is right now? And I said, Jesus. He said, no, it's your wife. You me tell you why? I said, why? He said, because when the whole church hates you and you got snot running down, you know, she's going to be the one to wipe it. And he was right. (laughs) I love my wife dearly. Amen. Y'all tell her I said that. Dear listeners of Power of the Cross Radio, we're reaching out to you today with a heartfelt request that can make a world of difference. Our mission to spread hope, faith, and inspiration relies on your generous support. For years, Power of the Cross Radio has been a guiding light, bringing you messages of love, healing, and spiritual growth. But to continue touching lives, we need your help. Your contributions enable us to produce quality content, reach wider audiences, and keep the message of faith alive. Every dollar you offer is an investment in nurturing souls and fostering a community of believers. Join hands with us today. Your offering, whether big or small, holds the power to transform lives. Together, we can ensure that the light of power of the Cross Radio continues to shine brightly. Visit our website at www.cross.radio to make your secure donation. Remember, it's not just a financial contribution, it's a step towards spreading love, hope, and the message of the Cross to those who need it most. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support fuels our mission, and together, we can make a profound impact. Now, back to the message. But disbelief starts and trouble knocks at your door. Oh, Brother Wilson, we did the test and you got stage four cancer. Brother Wilson, your child down at the jailhouse, you need to come get him out. Let's see, man. Brother Wilson, there's some people that want to talk to you in the church and trouble just keeps knocking at your door. And disbelief starts to creep in and you don't understand the message of the cross. Why do you think I stand up here week after week after week and week and just declare the same message, Christ and Him crucified? Because I know it works. When that bad news is knocked at your door, the, the Christian will say this, I don't know why this has happened to me. I don't know what is coming tomorrow. But I know God will work it all out for my good. Amen. Amen. So whatever, every one of y'all today, we took up prayer requests. I think I can look at every one of you's faces and know that you have something that you really don't want in your life right now, but it's there. And there's not much you can do about it except wait and trust the Lord. And this is amazing. God reacts to something in your life and your faith. Faith can move mountains. Jesus said, if you have faith, just like a little mustard seed. And the first time I heard that as a Christian, I said, boy, let me go. I think we've got some mustard seed in the house. And I went and grabbed it and spilled the whole bottle in the kitchen. And I swept up as much as I could. My wife found the other about six months later. <laughs> you get it. I've seen though them seeds are tiny. Your faith in them may not be a giant today, but God will grow it if you let him, if you'll trust him in all things in your life. The Christian knows that all the bad things cannot change the eternal word of God. We see uh, the whole world is upset, and rightly so, of what Hamas did to Israel. But you know, I do know this. It's all coming to a head. 
It looks bad for Israel. They're surrounded by Syria. They're surrounded by Lebanon. They're fighting with Lebanon on the north. They're fighting with Syria. They do air raids. They've been doing air raids in Syria almost nightly for the past year. I know at least once a week that I could keep up with. We have a Gaza Strip over here. Muslims want one thing out of Jews, and that's to die. That's all they want. The USS Casey, I believe it was, was going through the Persian Gulf this week, one of our warships. And Jordan, out of that area, was firing cruise missiles and drones at um, Israel, and they had to intercept those missiles. Now China has decided they're going to send their warships into that area. Russia's moving equipment right with Iran, right into Syria, where the Antichrist will rise out of. And it looks bleak. You think, man, this is not looking good for Israel, but I've read the Word of God. I've read the Word of God, and I know what it says. And it says one day that they're going to look up and up on a white horse, there's going to be somebody with crowns on. Amen? And down his side and down his vesture was written, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it promised will be fulfilled. So don't hang your head low. Hang your head up high knowing that Jesus Christ is coming back to redeem Israel in the short future. Amen. Now, if he can save Israel, don't you think he can save you? Don't you think he can make all things new in your life? Don't you think he can take that bad situation and turn it around for his good? All things, even the worst things in our life, God is turning around and working them for the good. I've told this several times, but we've got some new people, so I can bring this up again. It's just a great testimony. We went to Sumner Church of God. They let me preach over here one day. And I went over there and we got there. They told me to be there at 11. We got there about 1030. And we standing out door and I could hear a woman's voice. Boy, she was, I mean, she was shucking the corn. And boy, I, I said, who? I guess they done started church. And I said, I don't know. We're standing out there in the forest. Man, we're listening to this lady. Boy, she got Pentecostal fire running through her voice. And I walk in there, little old gray-haired lady, little dress on, boy, she was up there giving it all God would give to her, boy. She was dishing out the gospel. It was Sunday school. It was Sunday school. And we sit down, and I'm listening to her. I'm just, man, I'm all into what she, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, she got me shouting up in there. And my wife's tapping me on the leg. I'm doing like, you know, leave me alone. She kept tapping me on the like, what do you want? And she's got a note in her hand. I read it. She said, you sure got your work cut out for you today. And after the church service was over, Sister Doty come up to me. Such a wonderful lady. High spirit. Just, you just, you met her, you know Jesus was all over. She's just one of them ladies. And she said, do you know I got stage four cancer with a smile on her face? I said, no, ma'am. I had no idea. You don't look like it. Said, I believe God gave me that cancer so I could preach to that heathen and give me that chemo. That's what she said. And she led him to the Lord. And she passed Sister Doty, got her eternal reward with Jesus Christ. But you know, I prayed that I could have that kind of attitude. God, you gave it to me for a reason. I don't know why all these things are happening in my life, but I trust you. You're working all things for my good. The Christian can stand in the casket of a dear loved one and know these words are true, that God's still working all things for the good. We've all lost loved ones that we wish we could be with them today. 
But we have to find the strength in our soul and ask God to help us. Lord, I know despite what it looks like to me, you're working all things for the good. The Christian knows that bad things cannot change the Word of God. The Christian knows in their deepest and darkest hour of temptation they have help. You know, we'll walk out of here today and we'll be on cloud nine, and rightly so, after just having a little tiny moment with God here inside of His building, we should be refreshed inside of here. But there's still coming that day, probably this week for all of us. We're gonna whatever tempts us is gonna be in our life before us again. Um, with me when I got saved, I never could shake drinking and smoking. And I was saved. I was on my way to heaven. God burnt the drugs out of me. I know God come into my heart. I wasn't preaching. But I was still struggling with alcohol. And I was still struggling with smoking. And God had to carry me to a place to show me that I had to be totally dependent. And have faith in what his son has accomplished for me. And when I did all things, I started understanding all these things started working for my good. I'll never forget the day. My wife had left and I, I was crying. I'd heard the message of the cross and I had a pack of Marlboro Reds in my hand. And I said, God, if this thing is real, I'm asking you to take it from me and just squash it. I hope if I put another one in my mouth, I get sick and vomit. And I threw them things in the garbage can, a full pack. I made sure it was a full pack too. I threw them down in there and, and from that day forward, God healed me completely of all nicotine addiction. Is nicotine a heaven and hell issue? No, but it'll send you to heaven a whole lot quicker. Let me preach that again. <laughs> I tell you in the words of Hewlett Evans. I loved Hewlett Evans. Hear the stories about him. He went to visit the elderly lady, and you know back then them ladies, they did snuff. They loved Jesus, but they did snuff, period. Same anything you want, I know many a godly ladies. They wouldn't even have an air conditioner on the house. They wouldn't spend a dime, but they would go get that whole crate of Levi Garrett, the little can. She had some messed up down her lip. She's visiting brother Hewlett Evans. She, and that stuff running down her lip. You see the brown juice. Brother Evans, she told brother Evans, you know, I quit dipping snuff. And he put that Bible down from him and said, you know, I read all through here and I can't find nothing about nicotine, but boy, it sure is something about lying. Amen. <laughs> the word of God is eternal and truth. But you know, the person living in sin can't say this is true. How can I say that? What did I just tell you? Pay attention to that scripture for those that love God. A Christian that loves God does not run to sin. I'm not telling you won't sin, but it'll, it'll tear you up on the inside when you do. And God will start dealing with you. But when you say, you know what, sin doesn't matter anymore and I'll do what I want, all things don't work for the good. Your life is chaos. We wonder why people, some folks, just seem like they attract problems. It seems like, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a good example. There was a, I won't say their name because it doesn't matter, but there was a particular man that was a preacher who got killed at a young age. And I never could understand it. And I didn't understand what was going on in his life. And I found out this past week what was going on in his house when nobody else was around. And all things wasn't working together for his good because he wasn't living for the Lord. Just because you stand up behind the pulpit and preach doesn't save you. Just because you attend church, it doesn't save you. We do these things because we love 
the Lord. Amen? Amen, Brother Wilson. John said, if we love God, we'll obey Him. That's what the Word says. Yes, my faith is in the cross, but my faith in the cross responds with obedience. Don't get many amens on that. Try over here. My faith in what Christ has accomplished at Calvary causes my faith to react. You know why? Because the Holy Ghost is living inside of me. And the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He doesn't tolerate sin. He wants no part of it. And inside of me, He wells up inside of me and He instructs me and guides me through this life. For the child of God, the Spirit of God is working all things for good. Even that horrible time when it seemed like God is nowhere to be found, He is there. It's a hard pill to swallow, but if you want to be honest, it's the dark days of our journey that will shape and build us. No, I don't go crying, oh Lord, I'd like a trial of temptation today. Send some trials my way, Lord. I don't know that anybody's ever prayed that. I want I want that prayer, God, bless me and enlarge my coast. Amen. But sometimes we have those dark days. So is the Christian life. But what a beautiful thing God creates. A, di- a diamond has to be cut and polished. Gold and silver have to be run through fire and then polished out and then purity's gotten out. Trees have to be pruned. Fruit trees have to be pruned to bear the fruit. Clay has to be molded and run through the fire to bring out that glistening glaze that is on clay. It has to be tested and tried. And so it is with you for those crowns you want to wear, for those robes you want to have in heaven. They have to be tried by fire. But what a beautiful thing God creates. Last one, Colossians 1 and 18. And he is the head of the body. The church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. And preeminence just simply means this. He is above all and everything. That's, it's not just simply that he's like an important person. It means that Jesus Christ is above all that we know in this world and the world to come. You know, there have been some great men throughout history, courageous and fearless. They came, they saw, they conquered, but all of them have something in common. They all died. Been many great men and women roam this earth, but there has never been one like Jesus. Never ever has there been a person on this earth like Jesus Christ. He is preeminent, and there is no one like Jesus in all things. He is, he is, he is preeminent in history. No single name in all of mankind is more popular and respected than the name of Jesus Christ. Every name that I've ever heard on this earth eventually fades. Eventually. I'll tell you how unimportant I am. I found out down at the VA there is a man named Farrell Lewis Wilson. He was born on the same exact day I was, June the 9th, 1968. So I'm really not important. There's more of me out there somewhere. <laughs> but that name Jesus that is above all names. Napoleon, was it Bonaparte? Napoleon. We all know Napoleon, the little short general that 
led France to many great victories. It's about my extent of history knowledge on him. But I do know this. One time he was being interviewed by a newspaper. And they said, do you really believe that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead? And he said, sir, I've been to the kings and queens of most of this world. I have seen the beggars and the paupers that have nothing. And to watch as you mention the name of Jesus Christ, every head will bow in respect. And I tell you, sir, that no dead man could command that kind of respect. Amen. He knew there is no dead man that has that kind of respect. No, no dead man has preeminence. It's Jesus Christ alone. The written word of God is this, the story of Christ and him crucified. I'll tell you this short story. We'll close down. Many years ago, a, a farmer had taken his horses, hitched them up on a wagon. He went to town and he tied the horses, these high spirited horses to a a post outside the general store. He walked inside the general store. Something spooked the horses and they started bucking and kicking and, and the farmer ran out just in time as they tore loose, the horses tore loose and he run the horses down very dangerous and grabbed the reins and he slid up under the horses and the horse's hoof landed on him repeatedly. And finally somebody drug this dying man out from up under the horses and they, they looked at him and said, you fool. Why did you do something like that? And, and it's going to take your life. It was obvious he had only moments to live. And his last words were this. Look in the back of the wagon. Look in the back of the wagon. And there was his small boy fast asleep. So wasn't the sacrifice worth it? Sure it was. I was on a fast track to hell. And Jesus stepped out. And he took the cross and stop my rapid descent down to the gates of hell. Now Jesus is the center of all I am. He's preeminent in my life. The sacrifice was great, and it was for the whole world. It was for you, it was for me, and all things, Jesus Christ is Lord, the great Redeemer, the preeminent Savior. Is He your Savior in all things? Thank you for tuning in to Power of the Cross Radio. We hope these moments of inspiration have stirred your heart and uplifted your soul. Our mission is to share the timeless message of hope, love, and transformation that the cross represents. But we couldn't do this without you, our dedicated listeners. Your support breathes life into our broadcasts, enabling us to reach even more people with this powerful message. As you've experienced firsthand, the words spoken and the music played have the ability to touch lives and bring about positive change. If Power of the Cross Radio has become a source of encouragement and light for you, we kindly ask for your help in sustaining this ministry. Your contributions, whether big or small, make a significant impact in keeping this radio station on the airwaves. By partnering with us, you become part of a community that is spreading love, faith, and healing to all corners of the world. So please, consider supporting us financially, sharing about us with friends and family, and returning to listen. Let's continue this journey together, as we dive deeper into the profound message of the cross and its transformative power. Thank you for your unwavering support, and we look forward to having you right here with us again on Power of the Cross Radio. Remember, your involvement truly makes a difference. And until next time, stay blessed.